Hello everyone. Welcome to Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry. As the word says, we shall come into his presence with singing and into his courts with praise and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mike, that was my confirmation when I went and I heard a voice that said, um, speak on tithing. So I know it, sometimes it's a bit uh, challenging when, um, when we talk about money in church and so forth. But I know if you go in scripture, you know, God has, has a plan when it comes on to um, finances, uh, a, a plan for uh, in, our individual financial well-being. Just like uh, Sharon was sharing now, if she did not have faith that God could... Um, help her out with a job it's one thing to get a job <clears throat> and it's another thing for you to be given the job without um, all of the different processes that they, they take you through and, and give you the job right on on the spot so that's showing god's interest in her um prospering financially okay so uh, i'm i want to read from uh just to get us to open up i want to read from first corinthians 2 verses 14 i'll give you uh, guys a couple seconds go to first corinthians 2 and verses 14 And it says here, but the natural man receive it not. The, but the natural man receive it not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I read again, but the natural man receive it not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can you know them because they are spiritually discerned. So that's why we went, before we even got into uh, speaking about principles like this, we got into the, the born again experience. The fact that for you to begin to function spiritually, you have to have a born again experience. And you, you have a born again experience when you uh, encounter Jesus Christ and you receive him as your Lord and your Savior. Now, if you have not received Jesus Christ and your Lord and your Savior, you know, from a biblical perspective, I don't think it's wise to uh, teach you things from the kingdom because the things of the kingdom are reserved for, for the children of the kingdom, like Jesus said. So if you have had that born again um, encounter, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and now you begin to see these promises that are written in Scripture, then now you can begin to apply them and you will see the effect of them in your life. And the lack of um, prayers being answered is as a result of this, like uh, we have been going uh, uh, over for several weeks now mm -hmm. because to some degree we all uh, i believe everybody are on here as faith and so forth and then we're we are searching into the word of god for uh, more extensive revelation and how we can begin to see the power of god um, working in our lives and through our lives and i'm going to go to uh, galatians 1 11 to 16. that's the next scripture i'm going to uh, read from galatians 1 11 to 16. Just let someone in. Okay. And it says, uh, this is uh, Paul speaking. And he says here, verses 11 says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> For you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, 
all that beyond measure I prosecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews religion above many my equals in my own nation and he goes on being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen he says immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood so we know Paul was a Pharisee and we know the Pharisees were very well educated when it comes on to the law when it comes on to the Torah the five the first five books of um, Moses and with, with that um, conviction that was inside of him from a mental perspective he was within himself he was sure that he had the truth the truth of God and he was convinced that this Jesus Christ and his followers were fake that they were not consistent with what he thought was the truth and he was so convinced that he actually was a part of the establishment that was that was uh, prosecuting the Christians and he had special authority to bone anyone that was of the faith anyone that was called a Christian and to take them into the authorities and some sometimes he oversaw them being beaten and he actually oversaw Stephen being stoned to death Stephen was the first martyr uh, in the Bible so we're seeing oh when we have a stronghold that is in the mind a belief system that is not consistent with scripture all this can we, we can be so convinced and so sure of it but it's contrary to God that's why no when he when he's explaining here he says no it did not confer with flesh or blood so he, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ and we have been speaking I think on the first week first or the second week I was talking about encounter that you can encounter Jesus Christ like um, in the book of Jeremiah, we always, I use the scripture a lot. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Jesus said to knock and seek and ask. This, these um, type of a, a hunger and thirst and desire for God will bring you into an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's, what, um, that's how Paul was able to make the transition into the individual that God would use to write two-thirds of the New Testament. An unbeliever. One of the strongest unbeliever around at that time. Right, so this is the newness that we um, have to have when we're going to, especially when it comes on to, um, you know, anything that entails us like giving uh, of ourselves, giving of our time, giving of our money. These things can be challenging. And sometimes we don't actually see, from a natural standpoint, we will not see the benefit to it. But when it comes on, let's say, when it comes on to salvation, what do you have to do? We don't pay for salvation. Salvation is a, is a free gift given to us by Jesus Christ going to that cross. So we just believe. Can you imagine how difficult it would be if it was something that we'd have to pay? Let's say we had to pay 20% of our salaries from we begin work until we die before we enter into heaven. Just because of that, people would fail. So many of us would fail. Because no, it's more than fate. And we know there's a lot of, um, when it comes on to um, money there's a there are a lot of things so we want what we want what I want to do this morning is go to the Word of God and begin to examine what God's Word is um, saying about financing we know that the Lord Jesus Christ left us with a mandate to take this gospel into all of the nations 
and we and look at uh, how much uh, do you think it would cost if we were to uh, think about all of the ministries that are on the planet now, all of the churches that have been built. Like, where did this money come from? Did he made um, any kind of reservation for the work, the financial area of the work that he left us with? Or did he just kind of ignore that um, perspective and think that we were going to take the planes, uh, we we're going to go on boats? How, how is it that this would done, be done? <clears throat> you can't undertake this level of work. Think about for over the last 500 years, how much billion, hundreds of billions of dollars that um, have been spent on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there, God has, God had to have taken this into um, consideration how it was going to be financed. <clears throat> and it's for us now to go in there in the word of God and then find out what is written in there. Okay. <clears throat> so think about, uh, for example, think about um, your uh, marital issues, for example. The Bible is filled with nuggets when it comes on to marital issues ministering to families, to uh, married couples that uh, need spiritual guidance, biblical guidance, which is separate from what you would get when you go into the secular world. Or, or we, like I was saying, think about health, the Bible of directions when it comes on to health and healing. Healing is another thing that we have to exercise our faith. Right. <clears throat> so today in particular, we're going to just uh, talk a little bit about tithing. Right. So what is tithe? The definition comes from the Hebrew and means a tenth. That's uh, based on my study. That's what uh, the word tithe means. It means a tenth. And the tithe was first mentioned in the Bible in Genesis 14. So I'm going to establish something here. If, if we can all go to Genesis 14, we'll read from 17 to 20. And it says, and the king of Sodom went, went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Shedro Lomer and of the kings that were with him. Forgive my pronunciation if you know it to be something else. At the valley of uh, Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thine enemies unto, into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Now he said, the Bible says that he gave him tithes of all. Now that was not a, that was just a one-time occurrence. There, there was no indication there that um, Abraham was tithing 10% of his salary. Or any particular, every time he, he had an increase in his field or anything. That was not um, established here. The only thing it said that he gave tithe of all. What I'm trying to establish here is that tithe was actually, a tithe actually predates the Mosaic law. That uh, it was not when Moses received the tablets that tithe was introduced in, um, in the Bible. Tithe, tithe was before the Mosaic law. Another scripture that uh, confirms this is Genesis uh, 28 and uh, verses 22. And we'll go to. Uh, Genesis 28, verses 22, we go to the big part, B part. Let me see if I can get 20, is it 28? 22, yeah. It says here, And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. The, the tent. 
So, and this is, um, this was actually Jacob being promised by God that he was going to bless him. And Jacob re uh, received that and said, and he made a promise to God that he would give him a tenth of all that the Lord would give, would give to him. So I think based on those two scriptures, for in Genesis, we, we are pretty sure that tithe was before Moses was given those commandments. But if we go to the Mosaic law, I will start at Leviticus 27, verses 30. We're going to uh, just see a little bit of the instructions that God had given to Moses when God was teaching the children of Israel in regards to the system of tithe. Because remember, the children of Israel was coming out of um, slavery, out of bondage. And there were many directions that they were being given by God. Because if you're in slavery, then everything is like out of order. So they had to be um, given instructions, even in regards to basic things as respecting one another and so forth, even as to basic things as the washing of hands. Right? Those were given to them because coming out of slavery, when, when you're um, being ill-treated like that, I don't think you're too worried when it's time to um, eat about washing your hands. So, and being in that, in that situation for such a long time, they needed basic things to be, um, you know, so that some level of civility would be um, among the people of God. So God was not going to allow them to just be a people that he called um, by, by his name. And then now these people were just out of control, kind of like the, the Gentiles that were in the land. So God began to give them, you know, principles, godly principles on how to be, uh, how to function in love and with cleanliness and so forth like that. So in Levit Leviticus 27 and verses uh, 30, it says here, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So God uh, um, had given commandments to Moses in regards to, in regards to the children of Israel and, you know, whatever crops that they, um, that they had, whatever animals that they reared, Whenever there was any increase, they, they were supposed to bring a tent and give to the Lord. And this was under the Old Covenant. So we're just going through some of the scriptures where tithe is mentioned in the, in the Old Covenant. Another one is uh, Numbers 18. And we'll read from uh, 25 to, to 26. Numbers 18, 25 to 26. You know, after we go through some scriptures here today and um, we truly get a better understanding of what's happening here, mm -hmm. people are going to be very, very excited. This is, this is a revelation that excites you. If, you. if you get the revelation of tithe and think that, oh, the only thing you're going to do is have $1,000 and, for example, give away 50 bucks from that um, $1,000 and that's the only revelation that you have on it then you have an incomplete revelation and you're thinking that there's no benefit coming back to me then you have an incomplete revelation and we're going to go through the word of god and give you the full picture kind of like a, the full where you know a lot this is very basic that what we're going through there are levels of this that you can get into that will blow your mind the power that is in when you begin to use the financial system not the earthly financial system but the heavenly financial system and when you have the understanding of this 
it's going to empower you. You're going to realize that God really wanted to bless you all along and give you increase and give you more, more than what you have. The only thing he's actually saying to you is steward what you have very well. You know, I love how uh, I listen to this uh, preacher all the time. And he says, owners in this kingdom are rebels. Owners are rebels. We are stewards because we are, if we owned it, we would have been living on forever. We are stewards. We are only here for a certain time. And the Bible says it is required of stewards that a man be what? Faithful. That a man be faithful. So if God is allowing you to be, the Bible said that the earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. That means God owned this, the silver, the gold, all of the precious things that are in the earth. Which is what gives him the authority at some point to return and pretty much destroy the whole thing. Because he owns it. So everybody that um, is basically paying rent down here. Even if you're a believer, you are steward. And if you're an unbeliever, then you, you, you're being motivated by the carnal man and by the enemy and mammon like is written out in scripture so what we want to do is get a biblical comprehension of what is spoken of in the word of god so numbers 18 25 and 26 says and the lord spake unto moses saying thus speak unto the levites and say unto them when ye take of the children of israel the tithes which I have given you from them for your inheritance, see, then ye shall offer up an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. So this is this is a instruction that was given. So that the Levites, they were called to undertake the spiritual function in Israel. And if they were called to undertake the spiritual function, they were not supposed to um co-mingle um with the the regular folks because they had to they had to adhere to strict principles and they were not supposed to be influenced by by money and stuff like that so god separated them so that they could be a people that would minister before him uphold his principles and then go and teach the people so they their system of being fed their system of being cared for was the system of tithing and this was taught to the um to the children of israel Another scripture is, uh, I'm going through a number of these because it's the word of God. And then we're going to um, eventually go into the New Testament. Because that's where the issue um, really is. People have no, very rarely you will see people um, disagreeing with tithe being in the Old Testament. But a lot of times in the New Testament, they begin to question it. Okay, so we go to Deuteronomy 14 and verses 22. I, I know I'm a big proponent of teaching. Um, I know a, a lot of people like the the charisma and the and the preaching, but you know I want I want to understand, and I think we should understand. We should um, spend time in the Word of God, to, so we can get an understanding of the principles, the different systems that are set up in God in the Word of God for our well-being. You know these words are not gonna matter to us when we're in heaven. These promises are given to us on earth because there are things that we need to accomplish. And if, if we have an issue with finances from a kingdom perspective, and the Lord calls you to be, a, for example, the Lord calls you to be a, an evangelist to the nations. Okay? And you have a, a, a secular 9-to-5 job that's paying you 
$70,000 and you have a house and you have uh, car payments and you have a family. If you really look within the confines of $70,000, do you really think you can be that effective in ministry to, to travel the world, set up um, tents, uh, rent venues, uh, set up sound systems? Is it really going to, is, is $70,000, I mean, you're really hoping that you can actually get a, a ferry so you can get a better car. Forget about um, traveling the world and preaching this message. So in other words, did God make accommodation through a different financial financial means for you now to undertake that job that is so important to him? And the answer is absolutely. Absolutely. God has made, um, a, 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 he has a financial plan in place for us to um, fulfill our ministry. Like I was um, saying, I was doing well in uh, the secular world. You know, I had like, uh, I, we basically own like 20 homes in a cheaper market in Windsor and outside of Toronto. Not the expensive one in Toronto, but uh, these were investment properties that we were, we were, we had rented out and we were making money from them. And then I was working full time and my wife was working full time. So, you know, we are, we're just do my hair and Sorry about that. Yeah, so yeah, we were we were doing well. So the idea that we would come over into uh, ministry for money was just like it wouldn't make any sense because when you're already making, you know, easily over uh, easily over two hundred thousand dollars, and you have, and I and I could see the light from our, um, in the real estate. Like it was very easy for me to like, uh, you know, buy a, a property and um, rent it out and so forth. And I could have been doing that. My whole goal was I'm going to buy five, ten million dollar real estate. I'm going to do it really quick and I'm going to retire. That was my goal until God switched me and began to say, OK, the Lord had me sell all the real estate properties. Pretty much. I still invest in real estate um, passively and in stocks. But the focus and the dedication that I had um, to doing that five, six years ago, it's just not there. I just have I, I, as a matter of fact, I really don't even have any energy and any desire to do it. I'm just like, I, I know once God spoke to me about uh, ministry that he was going to pay the bills. And I actually, I believe that God pays the bills much better than, than I do. So that's my, that's my mentality. So I, I uh, out of my um, faith, when it comes down to finances, we, we put everything in God and it works. We have um, several testimonies of um, the Lord, you know, just doing um, miracles from a financial perspective for us. Right? So the, the scripture I'm reading from is Deuteronomy 14 and verses uh, 22. It says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. So, you see, God had a, a plan which is bigger than house, a plan which is bigger than car. And it had there had to be a finance I find a master financial plan behind that. And that was initiated on the, even from the old covenant. Because if God was going to culture the people of Israel how to be a believer, how to get, be a godly person, he needed people to teach them. And he needed people to, uh, and they were growing in numbers. And over the years, they were going to go into the millions. And it was going to cost a lot. They were going to need, they were going to need buildings and so forth. Another scripture is Second uh, Chronicles thirty-one fifty-six. That's two Chronicles 
verses 31. Are we going to read uh, 5 and 6, actually? I think it is 31, 5 and 6. And it says, And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and of the, all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all brought they in abundantly. And verses 6, And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the city, cities of Judah, they also brought in the, the tithe of oxen and sheep, and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God, and laid them by by heaps. So strict, when it comes on from a scriptural perspective, Old Covenant, obviously I'm talking about the Old Covenant, there are so many scriptures to support the giving of tithe and offerings, right? Another scripture is, uh, this one is Proverbs 3, and we're going to read 9 and 10. That's Proverbs 3, and 9, verses 9 and 10. 3, it says, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruit of, of all thine increase. And it goes, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, we're going on into another dimension of this. Initially, we were just talking about. Initially, we were just talking about uh, tithing, giving unto the Lord. But now we're seeing what happens after you tithe. It says, "So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine." In other words, when you begin to give, when you give your tithe, what are you doing? You're giving into the gospel message being propagated on the earth, which is very costly. Okay, when you subject your fi the financial area of your life to Jesus Christ, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and you begin to give into His missions, this is when you're gonna see you will have personal breakthrough. Like when it comes down to who is looking for a, a business idea, right? Do you think God can give you a business idea? Who, who, who is it on here that always wanted to be in business or wanted um, to own a franchise? And how is it that you're going to own this franchise? And how is it that you're going to start this business? You see, what we need help from God. We need ideas from God. And he's the one that has all of that storehouse of unlimitedness when it comes down to all of what we need. But why is it that God would give you a million or two million dollars to go and buy a franchise? Why is it that he would give it to you? Just because you're going to, the Lord is going to give you a million, two million dollars to buy a Tim Hortons franchise. They're very expensive. But once you own one of them, you know that royalty just keeps on coming. What will you do with the money? Is it just because we want the money to buy material things? Or do we want the money to advance kingdom activity? What God's interest on the earth? And this is what we're this is the, the aspect of it that we're um we're speaking about this morning. That's what, when you give offerings and when you give tithe, that's what you're doing. You're, this gospel message of Jesus Christ, you're seeing to it that it is preached. And what do you think God is going to do in return? If I'm the one, or we're the people, 
as believers that are causing the gospel from a financial perspective to move forth? Do you think when I go before the Lord and begin to speak about my personal needs, about whether I need, whether I need a better job, whether my business is actually not um, making any money or whether I want to start a business, do you think under those conditions, it's more likely that God will grant me ideas, grant me breakthrough, give me favor, bless my hand? That's what this thing is about. And that's this is what we've been inspecting. Because when you come on to the financial area, we know, especially in the church, it's uh, very pathetic. Very, very pathetic. When you look at, um, you know, the financial levels of, a wider cross-section of the body of Christ. You know that they're not subscribing to um, biblical principles from a financial perspective. They are not. And a majority of the time, they're struggling. And that this was not designed by God. If, you know, you, you can get a calculator now and calculate within, if you're going to be in the work room for another 20 years, or 30 years, you can calculate how much you're going to make right now. Give and take 5% extra per year if they pay you that amount extra per year. Or you might get another job that pay you another $10,000. You can calculate it. And how do you like those numbers? Do they add up really well? Are you excited about what it's going to do? Or do you need supernatural help? Do you need God involved in your finances? I think everybody on here would say, I would rather have God blessing me. I'd ra rather have the Lord um, looking over my finances, giving me increase. I'd rather God give me a pay raise than my boss. I'm at the mercy of my boss. And God can open doors, like Sharon was saying earlier. She went to um, look for this um, position. Adriana prayed for her last week. She went for this job, and they gave her the job on the spot, which is very... Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It, even in this COVID time, that is very unusual. For you to get for them not to ask for any type of a reference and so forth this is what god can do right mm -hmm. so another scripture that we use a lot in the body of christ again it's a old old covenant and that's malachi 3 but it's very relevant to um what we're going through now malachi 3 and we go from 8 to 11. I'm using my phone. Okay, it says here, Malachi 3 and verses 8. It says, will a man rob God? First of all, God has no use for paper money. Like, absolutely no use. There's no currency like that in in, uh, in heaven. This is this is just an earthly um, thing. To So that the, the purposes of God can be accomplished on the earth. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is not God needing money. Right? Besides, he already owned everything on earth, like we, we said earlier. He says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offering. And look at what he says. He says, Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Because they were not being obedient and bringing the tithes under the Old Testament, like was instructed to Moses to teach. They were not being obedient to this. <clears throat> he says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. And look at the benefits here. He says, 
if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Not be room enough to receive it. And, and then move further to verses 11. Look at what it says here. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, that he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, when you are not obedient to God's way of handling your money, it, it basically, under the old covenant here it says, which I think the same thing applies under the new covenant, right? That there is a devourer, that the enemy has access to your finances. If you don't obey God's principles when it comes on to physical, like when you sin, there are certain levels of sin, like we're talking about unforgiveness, is associated with rheumatoid arthritis. Sin will open up the enemy, your, 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 your body, so the enemy can attack you and give you all different kinds of sicknesses. And if you don't take biblical counsel and be obedient to the word of God, the enemy can attack your finances also. If you don't take biblical counsel when it comes on to your marriage, the enemy can destroy your marriage. Any area of your life that is not under the rulership, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and obedience to his word, it's open season for, for Satan to attack. And it's the same thing in your finances. Same thing in your finances. So if you're just thinking, I can just, for example, ignore these things. This is not having to do with your salvation. Just let's, let's make one thing clear here. All right, this is not having to do with your salvation. You cannot buy your salvation. Salvation is uh, you receive when you um, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. But this has to do with your function in the kingdom. This has to, to do with your own personal financial well-being. This has to do with your ministry because if God has called you into ministry, you're going to need finances to um, carry out that ministry. So that those scriptures that we uh, went through are all Old Testament. We, well, we went through um, two scriptures in the book of Genesis, speaking on tithing, the one with Melchizedek and another one with um, Jacob, and this predates the Mosaic law. So we established that tithing was before the Mosaic law. Now we're going, we're going to go into the New Testament, because I, this, I believe this is where the challenge is for a lot of people. They said tithing is under the law. We just established it's not under the law. It predates the law. But now... Should we be tied in the New Testament? Should we be given in the New Testament? Mm -hmm. Let's go to Matthew 5, 17 to 20. Matthew 5, 17 to 20. And this is Jesus speaking. Mm -hmm. And he says here, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. In other words, the law in, from the perspective of fulfilling the law from a human perspective, we're not expected to do that. But we're still expected to obey the law by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. All of those are still New Testament teachings, right? It's just that the, the Spirit of God is the one that enables us to overcome. And in verses 19, it says, Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments, talking about the old covenant here, 
and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. In other, in other words, you're going to be penalized for not teaching the whole counsel of God. A lot of people just think we should just forget the old covenant and not um, do anything with it. But the old covenant, covenant actually complements the new covenant and they work together. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So we have to adhere to the whole counsel of God. Another scripture, Matthew 23 and verses 23. Matthew 23, 23. It says here, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and ice and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And look what Jesus says here. He says, These ought ye have to done, to have done, and not leave the other undone. In other words, they should pay the tithe, but they also should not ignore the weightier matters of law, judgment, and mercy. So I think I, I, if, if tithe was um, done away with under the old covenant, then why is it that Jesus would actually told, tell them here that they should have done that as well as the other things? Doesn't, it, it doesn't um, equate at all. Let's look now at Luke 6 and verses 38. Luke 6, 38. Let me let someone in. And it says here in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together. Running over shall men give unto your bosom. So God is saying here that when you give towards uh, his work, that you will receive more for your giving. One of, that's a benefit. That's a, that is um, something that is established in Scripture, that whenever we give, we're going to come into unusual blessings, unusual favor. Not just the mechanical one of, you know, I, I work such and such for a year. They divide the year by 52 weeks, and I get $8,000 per month. And that's all I'm going, I'm going to get. This here can open up different dimensions of financial gain when you begin to give towards the kingdom of God. Could it be in the form of promotion at your job? Yeah. If favor is on you, and if you're supporting God's um, work, and uh, there, is, there are opportunities, do you think the Lord is going to open opportunities for you to, be, to get increased? That's what the, the, the scripture is saying here. Yeah, and look what it goes on to say. It says, uh, for this, with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you. So this is one of the um, scriptures that actually supports give, tithing and giving under the new covenant. And in my um, own life here, you know, it has been like I shared, uh, you know, when I share testimonies, I hope you understand, you people understand, everybody understand, when I'm sharing a testimony, and I'm saying that uh, I don't want to give the wrong impression, right? Because people think that you're boasting. When you begin to when you talk about possessions or things that you have but if i say oh you know what i um i bought a house for a million dollars for example 
God is the one who gave me the money, then do, 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 does that sound like boasting? If I say, you know, that means I received it, I got it. So who, who am I boasting in? Am I boasting in myself that I accomplished it? If I said that um, I went and, uh, you know, and I began to tell you the level of education that I have and the salary that I command, and because of that um, level of education that I have and the salary that I am commanding, I go, I bought a house, I bought a boat and so forth. That's me boasting within uh, my own strength. But if I said that God, like with this, we always, um, we have shared this, the testimony of how we bought this house, right? So I sold all of my um, real estate, like I'm saying, and I'm investing passively. And it's very hard for you to get a mortgage when you're uh, working self-employed. And um, a year, uh, um, eight months ago, we moved here to London and we were renting a house just like very close to where we're living now. And this house that we're living in now, we, we wanted to buy a house, but, you know, with, with, my the most of the money that I'm making coming in from real estate, I'm gonna have a hard time proving to the bank that I can sustain this mortgage. That's just they look at things a different way. But we came into this, we liked this area, and they were still building homes here. And they had this house that we're living in now, which was the model home. And we came in and said, Let, <coughs> excuse me, let's go take a look. And, and because we were thinking we could buy our house here. So we went, we came in here and then because it was the model house and they had everything like laid out really nice, you know, all the kids were like, whoa, the house is nice. Can we buy it? They were like, like um, can we buy the house? That's what they think. You know, think of all the money in the world. And you're just going to make it happen. So I'm like, okay, let's go pray in the basement. So we went in the basement, we prayed. And my son, while I was praying 30 seconds into the prayer, he knocked me on the shoulder and he's like, he had a vision and Jesus came to him in the vision and basically said, tell your dad to stand on his feet and claim this house. And me being like, uh, that's what I'm waiting for, right? For God to speak. Because if God says uh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Because I'm being faithful to him with my finances. So now, this was January, the house was not for sale. And myself and Kim were not working in London. And I, and I, like I said before, I don't think the banks were going to loan us the necessary funds that we need to um, get the mortgage. I don't think it was going to happen. So we prayed and asked the Lord, what should we do now? And then we, I remember that night, I prayed and then, you know, like I'm always running my mouth, like you guys know. And then Kim is always getting, she has the prophetic gift, right? So most of the time when we pray, she get the, the real stuff. So after we prayed and I looked at her, I'm like, what did you get? Cause you know, he's like, you're going to get this stuff. And she's like, oh, he said to um, put a seed on it. That's what the Lord said, put a seed on it. Mm-hmm. You see, the first thing the Lord had us do was to initiate giving. Mm-hmm. So what do you think we did? We went to uh, Forest City Church. For those who are in London, there's a big church, um, down here it's called Forest City Church. It was like a freezing winter. It's a huge church, massive parking. And we went there and um, we gave an offering. Like to be quite honest, we gave 500 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then I, I was wondering, oh, is God going to do this? How, is he going to just have a, a check come our way? But then I begin to feel like I was supposed to go back to work. I begin to have the sensation that God is actually calling me to go back to work. And then Dana, Dana, I think she's on here. Dana called and she said, I don't even know she know what she did that day, but she called and she's like, you know, I had a dream that you guys were working. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not really excited about work job, right? So I'm like, oh, I guess God is sending us back to work. This is how he wants us to go back to work to establish the, the mortgage that we need. So the, we paid a fine on every job that we applied for, we got. Like literally every job. I was working at Trojan um, Technologies, which is a really um, good company down here. Very good company. Best of the best benefits, very casual and very good salary. And Kim, she had like three job offers. 
and she kept the one that she's working at right now. And um, we got everything in place. And uh, by the time two months in the job, they, I had a dream about the house. And I was like, okay, something's happening with the house. Let me go over there. Went over here. <laughs> Excuse me. The lady was putting the house on the market for sale. And I'm like, you're selling my house and you didn't even tell me. And so now we, we begin to contact the, um, the, my broker. And um, I was telling her, I'm only two months in the job. Are they going to give me? She's like, I can give they give you a, like a, a letter, uh, like a pre-approval. And then once your job catches up with three months, then set the closing date accordingly. And we did it. And we to make it really quick, we bought the house and we moved in here because God had spoken it. And God was going to um, provide the finances. So, but listen, if we were disobedient or if we were like, oh, you know what? We're not going to give any money. We need that money to put towards the house. Imagine that we had a held back on $500 when God is going to allow us to get like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So when we think about um, money from that perspective, from the intellect, we defeat what God wants to do. And we, we in, in, in not being willing to give, we stop the blessings that God want to bring our way. So let's go to another scripture, Mark 12, 41 to 44. And this one is very interesting. Okay, it says here, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and, be, and beheld all the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. So if uh, giving and tithing was under the old covenant, why is it that Jesus didn't tell the people to go back, I'm here, I got it all taken care of, you don't need to bring me any more money to the um, temple. Eh? And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld all the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow had cast in more had cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And in, not only that, she gave all of her money and it was the last money. Can you imagine if they did that today? If a pastor received all of someone's money today, you would see his name in the Toronto Sun tomorrow. Pastor took all of woman's uh, savings and the woman went home broke and hungry. <laughs> and Jesus himself, and many of these people would be criticizing, would, be, but would go and, and, and go read the scripture. And it's okay for Jesus to be okay with uh, a, a lady that doesn't have any money casting in all what she has. And we, we clap and say, praise God for that. And then beat up the pastor for taking 10% from uh, asking people to tithe or to give. To the ministry right but the point that i'm making is that um, even jesus for his ministry to be carried out he needed financing and jesus was a carpenter when after when he was was he working carpentry and then preaching uh, i don't think so that was before he started his ministry but once he got in, in his ministry there the bible speaks on many occasions of people that were given up their substance to him and we'll look at um um, uh, an example of that. Let's look to Luke 8 and verses 3. It says, 
and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. So Jesus, I guess, was taking up tithe and offering. Right? Because his ministry, you know, he had the ability to um, multiply food. We see the Lord used um, a supernatural means to pay taxes. But this was not the way that he did it. They were natural means. Just like oh God used a natural means, for example, your farm, especially many years ago, people would farm to make a living. But in this today age, people, we have a job. That's how God allowed us to survive. So Jesus actually took um, offerings. Another scripture is St. John 12, verses 6. And, and it says here, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, speaking of Judas, and had the bag and bear what was therein. So there was a bag that they had when people came to bring offerings, when people um, come, came to bring tithe and so forth, an offering. And Judas was the one who kept that bag. So in other words, Jesus had a, um, a way of financing his ministry. So we're going, uh, I, I think that proves we're very, this is a very light teaching, right? This is, um, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal this uh, to you. And, and find out what is it that, you know, the Bible talks about we, that, about we praying and asking God for things, and we don't really receive those things because we ask amiss. So when we ask for money or increase, the question to ask ourselves before we ask God, why do we want it? What are we going to do with it? When you get an idea from God to make a, to create something revolutionary, for example, and it turns you into a multimillionaire, what will you do with the money? If it's only about houses and cars, you know, you're going to need a better reason when you go to God than that. You have to ask the Lord to vet your motivation, the reason why you want increase, the reason why you want to command more finances. And it has to be kingdom related because everybody has an agenda in the earth, but God also has an agenda in the earth. And, and to, for us now to be blessed and increase in the area of financial finances, we have to have God's agenda. We have to align ourselves with what his body is doing. Lord, I want to be able to help the poor. My, the finances that I have here is not able to help the poor. Those are the type of reasons. We, sp we spoke about Anna going up and praying before God and lamenting and asking God for a child. But that was not good enough for her to get her prayers answered. And she did not get her prayers answered until she decided that if she, the Lord was to open her womb, that she would dedicate this child back to the Lord. And immediately, Eli the priest spoke to Anna and said, go your way, your prayers have been answered. So we have to have that mentality that I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm not just here working um, for my own, for myself, for my own family, my own needs, but I, there's a mandate on my life as a part of the body of Christ. As a believer in Jesus Christ, 
I'm, I must play that part. We just wanted to um, go into scripture. And uh, so people, not, not, not necessarily, you know, I don't only give to, no, I'm tithing, tithing into this ministry because that's, I believe this, that's where I should be tithing. But I'm also giving into other ministries. Because I can go outside and I can speak to people, I can evangelize people outside, but there are ministries out there that are, that are preaching in many different countries. And I give to these ministries. Like uh, Samaritan's Purse, um, you know, ministries like those, I, I like what they do. So I give to those ministries. I'm not saying that you have to only give to the church that you're attending. No. But open up and let the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, give you this revelation in a different level. And then you, you'll have open heaven. When you go before the Lord and begin to pray, when you begin to give to God's work, and you begin to go before the Lord to pray about finances, about increase, about business, about ideas, and so forth, God will take you more serious at that time. So we did, we, this is um, all we wanted to share. The Lord put it on my heart that I should speak on this today. Like I said, I went to uh, pray earlier in the week, and uh, I had um, you know, the series from Hebrews 6, 1 to 3, the foundational things that I was going to um, press into that. And then I heard the Lord said to me, speak about tithing. And, and that's what the Lord put it on my heart to, um, to share today. So with that being said, I think we have... Um, one more person here that has a testimony that she wants to share. And then we'll pray for those who need prayers. So begin to uh, think about what you need the Lord to do, area of your life that you're asking God to do something in, and then we'll pray after. But I'm going to ask if Nash is here, we'll give her an opportunity to share what she wanted to share. hearing from Nash right now. Are there any prayer requests today? No, I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I know I was just in the middle of straight listening and straightening my hair at the same time. Okay. okay. Here we go. One moment. Don't mind my... Uh... <laughs> Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm just in the middle of a morning wash, and I was just trying to don't mind my hair, but I'm I'm okay with it <laughs> because I want I really want to share, um, you know, my I want to share my testimony. So, um, good morning to everyone, by the way. <laughs> um, last week, I uh, was speaking to Andrade and Kamisha and just explaining my, my health condition. And over the last, I guess, few years, um, I've been, uh, so I have a low iron, I'm anemic, I have low iron, and um, it's been a while since I've been hospitalized for this situation. So it was just, it's, this story is just, I love sharing this story. Um, so let me just start from the beginning. Um, a few months ago, I would say maybe like four months ago, I was really, my iron, my hemoglobin level was really at a very low. Um, I was trying to keep it up. I was taking iron supplements and all types of um, different foods, um, beets, and I was just trying to keep my health up. And it just, um, no matter what I did, I just felt like nothing was working. I'm, I, I was teaching at the time, I was getting drained out by the students, and I just, I really didn't know what to do. So, um, 
I went to go, oh yeah, I had some stomach problems. I was vomiting and I went to the doctors and they rushed me to the hospital. This was back in May, April, May. They rushed me to the hospital and immediately gave me um, a blood transfusion. I was not too happy with that. Um, I didn't know what my other options were. Um, they also gave me an iron infusion. And I just found that that was like their, their quickest solution to get me in the hospital and get me out. Um, so four months later now, I'm feeling the same symptoms. I'm like, why am I out of breath? I'm walking up the stairs, I'm out of breath. I don't understand what's happening. I'm like, oh no, not again. So I'm like, okay, let me just get some blood work just to see where my hemoglobin level is at this time. So same thing. I get an email, I get a phone call, please um, go straight to the emergency. But this time I said to myself, I'm not rushing. I don't feel like I'm gonna drop dead. I don't feel like I'm that, like I, I know what they're gonna do. They're automatically, automatically gonna tell me to prepare for a blood transfusion. So I'm taking my time, I'm not going. Um, I speak to Andrade and we pray together and we're just, you know, we're like, we both kind of agreed that we didn't need to rush to that hospital that day. I had an interview that same day, which was so funny. We prayed about that. That's another testimony <laughs> that I have to share as well. So I take my time, I do my interviews online um, and that works out. The interviews works out, but I still feel like I don't wanna rush to the hospital. So I didn't go that day. I didn't go the day they told me. I didn't go the following day. I said, okay, let me just go the third day, just in case. And I'm so glad that I did not go immediately because I feel as though had I gone immediately, I would have seen a different doctor, a doctor that would have just wanted to take care of me and send me out right away. So I take my time, I head in there, and immediately they put um, they put the IV the new the needle. They're getting ready to uh, to give me a blood transfusion. So then I meet Doctor Ball, and Doctor Ball he's he's a Middle Eastern doctor, and I, I I'm glad I met him um, because I just felt like he had different views and values of blood transfusions and things like that. So he took off for a long time. There were other patients complaining, where's Dr. Ball, where's Dr. Ball? Um, he needs to get back here immediately. I heard the, the senior doctor say, tell him he needs to get back here immediately. So I'm like, what? Like, I, I didn't like the way he was being treated, but in my heart, I felt like Dr. Ball, cause when I, he said, I'm gonna go look into this right now. So I felt that he was working on my case. He was working on doing some type of research in the back to find out my situation. So he comes back and finally after what, four hours, Dr. Ball returns and he says, um, so you are anemic, I understand that. You've been here exactly four months ago and I, I just wanna um, confirm, you don't feel like you're gonna faint, do you? And I'm like, no, not at all. I just feel, it's only when I exert myself. I went exercising with Tayshawn, my brother, who's on, on, on here on this meeting. And I remember even that day, uh, Tayshaun was like, come on, push yourself. And I'm like, no, I think I know, I know my level. I know, I know my limits. I know my limits. Like, I, I, I'm just going to like do a fast paced walk, but I'm not going to run. And I just took it easy with Tayshaun. And so then I realized, okay, just take it easy. 
don't exert yourself. And the doctor picked up, he goes, it's only when you're doing like, you know, extra like hard activities. And I said, yeah, he goes, but you, it's not like when you're sitting and I'm like, no, I'm fine when I'm sitting. And he said, so you're anemic is not the same as like other people's level of anemic. Your, your situation's a little different. So he says, you don't need blood transfusions. And I said, good, I don't want them. And he goes, okay, good. So we're on the same page, right? And then he says, I take, if you are doing these blood transfusions and you wanna continue with them, I take it that you don't want any children in the future. I said, no, I didn't say anything like that. I still want children. I want that blessing. He's like, so then you shouldn't be getting blood transfusions. I'm like, yeah, I agree. So he wrote a note. We're going to note this on your file that you're going to, um, we're going to note this on, the, on your, sorry, on your file that there's no need for blood transfusions and you want to avoid that. And I'm like, yes. He goes, I just want to confirm that we're on the same page. Yes, we're on the same page. Great. So he goes, you know what? All you need is iron infusions. Continue taking your iron supplements. Continue taking, um, eating the, the good foods. But just so you know, no matter what you take, it's a small molecule. It's, a, it's an intake. Um, so the iron supplements, it's a small intake. But because you lose so many molecules of your red blood cells, regardless of how many supplements you take and this and that, you're never going to reach that. But if you do the iron infusion, that'll help. So I said, great. So he goes, okay, if you do feel worse, of course, come back to the emergency. Just so you know, I have not felt any worse. I am now, I, I am teaching, I'm in one school, I'm dealing with kids and I feel great. And I still haven't even had the iron infusion yet. So they said, okay, well, take that thing out your arm and head on home, you're discharged. And I'll set some, um, I'll refer you to a specialist and we'll just do, iron sucrose and I was so happy with that so I just came home and I just um Andrade and Kamisha asked me how I was doing and what were the results and I just told them I didn't even have to stay overnight or anything like that and we're gonna avoid that going forward so I just I, I just I, I don't know I guess I'm just um I just feeling blessed that they rush me. They're 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 quick. You got to be careful with these the, these doctors and the hospitals. It's a it's an institution. It's like, are you getting money for giving me blood transfusion? Why are you so quick to tell me that, that that's what I need? So I'm just so happy that I avoided that whole situation. I'm still alive. I'm well. Praise God. And um, that's that. I haven't even had my first dose yet of infusion. That's for next week, and I'm I'm okay with that. So that's um. That's testimony number one. Testimony number two <laughs> is, um, so I was concerned, I don't know if any of you recall, but a few weeks ago I was concerned about going back to school as an occasional teacher. I'm a supply teacher. I was afraid that I would be called to this school, that school, this school, and exposing myself to this coronavirus. So um, I had another friend, um, a Christian friend, lovely, she speaks French. And she said, Nasha, I remember you told me that you studied French. And I said, I have, but I don't have my French qualifications. And she said, well, remember, there's a shortage of French teachers. So even if you know a little bit of French, you should still like try and at the same time work to get your qualifications. So I went for an interview 
and uh, they asked me questions. I was honest with them. I said, I don't have my qualifications. I studied it. My level is basic, but if you give me a junior class, grade four, grade five, grade six, I'm sure I'm confident that I can do well. And the next day they called me and I got the job. So now I'm no longer worried about running from school to school as a supply teacher. I got a one year contract for this school and, um, and we're keeping safe. They keep their mask on. The children are, just, most of them are well behaved. There's some that I have to be a little bit firm with, but um, it's all working out. I spoke to the principal. I told them I'm anemic. I may need a few days off just to get well. And they were totally okay with it. So it's been, a, it's been amazing. Um, by God's grace, the last two weeks, I'm still like, I'm usually when I'm, don't mind me, this is my natural hair. So usually when I'm blow drying my hair, I used to find myself like out of breath and oh, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of maintenance. And today I'm like, it's just flowing. Like it's just going smoothly. Um, I still have to do this side. <laughs> But um, my energy, I just, I feel, I feel great. And I just give God thanks. And I just thank Kamisha and Andrade for praying with me. And, and Andrade, thanks for not like rushing me and making me feel nervous. Because some people are like, you need to go. Didn't the doctor call you? Go right away. Go right away. But no, we did not rush it. So that's that. And I'm just grateful for meeting um, Dr. Ball as well. <laughs> awesome. That well said, uh... Thanks for sharing. That was thanks. Praise God. And the next step is, uh, you know, believe in God for your total, total, total healing. You know, yes. You can actually, um, your faith can be increased. And then you say, God, I, I don't want, I don't want to be dealing with this illness any at all. No. So God will minister to your faith to literally fix that thing supernaturally in your body. Yes. Amen. So, so be, believe for, for that. Keep um, pursuing God and. Uh, Keep growing wisdom and knowledge, which is what we are big. Um, we're subscribing to the teachings that our um, Jesus left us. Yes, thank you, Amen. So, it's awesome when uh, when uh, you know we. It's one thing for us to come and talk about these things, but then when we have when we hear from others about what God is doing in their lives, then that we know that God, you know, He's the one that sent us here. Yes, yes. Oh, bless you. Merci, Adiano. <laughs> <laughs> Any other you have fans now, eh? Je t'en prie. Remember, Adriano, je parle un peu de français. It's a little bit of French, okay? But this little bit of French is what got me to where I am. So, you know what? Oh, my goodness. Adriano, I will need your help. I want to get this qualification so that I can get permanent. And I was thinking, who can I work with? Who can help me just um, to improve on this new language, on this language that I haven't um, used in so many years? And look at this, Adiano, look, look at this, words, partage. Qu'est-ce que c'est le mot partage? I don't even know that word. So <laughs> what I'm is that word? I'm too expensive. I'm too expensive. One cent per hour. That's the deal. <laughs> One cent per hour, that's the deal. <laughs> You've got to be witnesses, okay? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my. Man, you got a job there, Eliana. I don't think she has too much uh, expectation on you, know, you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Actually, before... Um, Andrade was asking me if I had anything to share, and I was like, no, 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 I'm good, just continue. 
but the Lord was convicting me as I was sitting here. So I, I'll, I guess I'll just go ahead and share. Even when it comes on to the tithes and offering, like he came, when I came home on Friday, he was saying, you know what, the Lord has been speaking to me that, you know, this is the, um, the route that he's taken to just be off course for a bit, just to touch on tithes and offering. And it's funny that day that I was on my way to work, um, that was what was playing in the radio. And I even went as far as to tape a little bit of it because I'm like, whoa, I've ha I haven't heard this spin on it. And the reason why I think the Holy Spirit uh, took this route this morning is because of the state that we're in. Like the devil, like the month is longer than the money, the income. And um, the devourer is having his hand in the people of God's finances. And he wants to teach us how to overcome all of that, how to keep the enemy out of our finances. And it's all a principle of sowing and reaping. It's not only for us, but also I was even when I could remember when I was working with this doctor in Toronto. And this guy, it doesn't matter what came, like he always, his practice is always flourishing. He always has his patient and everything is just always good. And the patience, I'm telling you, even on Christmas, like I wouldn't even have to put up a Christmas tree when it comes down to my family and stuff. It's like the gifts that I would get from that place. It will just be this high. Like every day I will come home with like a garbage bag of gifts, like starting from December 1st to the end. And I'm like, okay, what is this guy doing? What is the principles that he's tapping into? He wasn't a believer, mind you, but he had the principles down pack. He would tie, like one time a mail came into him and then he said, oh, just open it. And when I opened the mail, it was this organization that um, he donates to. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a large amount like that he would tithe each month he would keep on tithing and i'm like okay that's what the secret is and this is how we as children of god keep the enemy out of our pockets out of our finances we have to learn how to tap into this and stay there it's not about okay us getting the money because as andrade was even saying with everything sometimes when um the lord will bless us he will always say put a seed on it you know stretch your faith do you believe for this much there is always a requirement on our part like how much skin are we willing to put in the game to show that yes you believe and so it's even more so about us and what we're doing it's about our part and sowing into that the principles right it's a law that was laid on and whomever it is that plug into that they receive accordingly right and um also i've never heard this pastor the way he put the spin on this he was talking about um how pharaoh had a dream it's in the bible it's in genesis 41 to be exact how um pharaoh had a dream and joseph interpret the dream and it was about the corn the seven years of plenty and then the seven years of lack and um and then joseph was able to interpret or interpret and tell him what to do how to go about you know um building up or taking care in the time of plenty how to store up for the years that the seven years that there will be lack and then i was going i, I said to the lord lord why is it you know like it wasn't the um israelites 
that got that dream your people the children why wasn't it them that got that dream and then the pastor broke it down so i could even understand it because they were in bondage they had lack they had nothing at that time so he had to show it to someone who can do something about it pharaoh who had the influence he had the money he had the power uh it doesn't matter anyway in the long run it all worked out for good because joseph was there to intercede on our part but what i'm trying to say is if we have nothing if we have lack how can we shift how can we bring about change as children of god being in a position of lack it's not god it is so not god and this is what's been on my heart what the holy spirit just laid on my heart in order to use you in order for you to be impactful in this season in this generation how to store up for the now how how to be that shelter how to be that lighthouse for those that are coming in and have nothing if we ourselves are not in that position how do we have what to give so you know what we have to tap into these principles of the sowing and the reaping the plenty you know i pray that god will open our spiritual eyes so we will see what he is saying in this season it's not just about riches or finances it's about setting his people up setting us up like being in a place of influence being in governments being in the schools as teachers natural saying you know having the kids learn about the things of god because we have strayed so far from the covenant covenant of god from everything that looks like god the priors are no longer in the school because guess what the people that have the money right the influence they are able to come and say you know come from different countries and change make changes what about the principles that god has built this nation upon we have drifted too far and we can do nothing about it because we are in lack it's Amen. time for us to get out of this state of poverty and into what he's saying the more the increase and teach us how to do it through his word, through getting into his word, understanding his principles about the sowing and the reaping and the tithing. Come on, people. It's not about us getting rich or, or anything like that. It's about doing what God has called us to do. So that's just my piece Amen. That. <laughs> Amen. Maybe you should have gotten um, uh, Kim to preach on this message. She's a better job than I, than, than I did on this one. No, no. All right. God. Awesome. So, yeah, you know, I'm... I'm um, I'm um, dogmatic in other areas, but uh, you know, I've always done well. You know, when it comes down to finances, personally, I'm, I don't know what it is to be broke or, or lactic, because uh, my dad was uh, taught me very early how to make money, so it has been like very easy <clears throat> for me to make money from a personal perspective. And I always have like just a lot of money, All right? So I don't, I, I really don't need. Um, yeah, we, are we gonna need money for um, for ministry and so forth like that? Absolutely, but when it comes down to you know, personal needs and so forth. Yeah, I know that we're going to step into like a lot of money too, because God, God um, spoke to, to us about that. Yes. And we're going to take that money and do what we're supposed to do with it. That's the important thing. It's not that you make millions, you know, what do you do with millions? Right? So because we're hard, or I believe our heart is um, at the right place. And if you, anybody that gets their heart at the right place and they begin to ask God for um, increase, they will, they'll begin to step into it. And we want to see, we, we're not selfish people. We're not, like I said, we're not trying to be superstars, but we want to um, see the people. We want to hear the testimony. That's why Nash is sharing her testimony. Sharing, is sharing her testimony. I'm saying good, awesome. That's what this thing is about. All right. So we want to leave it at that. I'm not sure. I didn't see any prayer requests. Uh, 
anyone if anyone you see guys uh, people are getting out breakthrough in all different areas yes. so if you have any prayer requests just type it in the chat or if you want to like uh, um, call us up we are available for um praying with others like anytime just take, maybe not one o'clock in the night but mm -hmm. like anytime you know, unless it's really really um urgent you can call us and we'll pray and you know the Holy Spirit will minister to your situation God is always ready even if we make mistakes it really doesn't matter right God is there for us so I didn't see any prayer requests today I think we can leave it at that